2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Attitude of Aggression Wrestling Podcast, episode 283 of the show. Happy New Year to everybody. It has been since right before Thanksgiving that we talked to you guys. And we are here today, not for the Big Four Project. That will be coming back pretty soon in the not-too-distant future. But no, on this episode here today, which I said is episode 283, it is The Swaggy Awards, the ninth annual Swaggy Awards. And this year we've done this a little bit differently. We have actually decided uh, because, you know, hey, people don't dig three and four hour sessions of recording. We opted to split this this year's edition of the Swaggies into two parts. So, here on episode 283 is part one of the Swaggy Awards. Uh, we will be recording part two and releasing that uh probably within the next few days, as far as you know, time-wise as when this one is releasing, as opposed to um, you know, when when part two is gonna come out. But that's what we've done this year is we opted to switch to, to split this up, part one and part two, just to make it easier on everybody. So That's what's going on here on this episode of the Attitude of Aggression. Part one of the Swaggy Awards, ninth annual Swaggy Awards, the panel this year, uh, at least for part one, not sure about part two yet. We'll see how that goes. But for part one, we have this uh, panel consisting of, of course, myself, Big Dave. We have the one and only PC Tunny, who, as you know, is a pretty much a, a fixture here on the Attitude of Aggression nowadays. Returning to the show, the phenomenally funky, fresh AJ Belaz, who has been a part of the Swaggies before and was definitely very eager to be a part of this year's uh, installment. The one and only DPP, so I basically got it's it's DWI meets the attitude of aggression again, so I got the whole gang here. And of course, last but certainly not least, the man who kind of started it all. He's The man who kind of got a lot of us into the podcasting thing, or at least introduced us to each other after we'd already started podcasting about wrestling. The one and only Kenny Killer, And uh, anytime Kenny is on any of our shows, it is a special occasion. And that is certainly the situation here today. So that is what we have here on this episode. It is, like I said, going to be part one of the ninth annual Swaggy Awards. So we're going to go ahead and uh, we will um, do this. We will take our first commercial break. And then when we come back, it'll be part one of the Swaggy Awards You'll hear us talk about it uh, after part one is done. Then we will uh, go ahead and probably take our second commercial break. I'll do a few closing remarks. I'm not going to go into like on uh, in the big four project where I touch about the current product because this is all about the current product. So there's really nothing to talk about. And I'm sure we'll have stuff to talk about on part two of the Swaggies with some of the things that have gone down this past week, um, namely Tony Khan turning Jinder Mahal into a uh, Megastar and a household name, (laughs) but I'm sure we will discuss that more on part two. So let's get into the first commercial break. When we come back, it will be part one of the ninth annual Swaggy Awards uh, as a bit of a preview. I'll run down the uh, categories you will hear us discuss. so You'll know we've got the gimmick match of the year, storyline of the year, baby face of the year, heel of the year. Those are two kind of new Ish categories. We modified a couple of other categories to turn those into something separate. We've got our pay per view slash PLE, Premium Live Event of the Year. We have our segment of the year or promo of the year, um, disappointment of the year, comeback wrestler of the year, breakout star of the year, and our rivalry of the year. And then on part two, uh, when we come to part two, you will get the following categories. This will be your free preview sort of thing. We will have our moment of the year. Our upset of the year. Tag team match of the year. Women's match of the year. Men's match of the year. Overall match of the year. Then we will have our female wrestler of the year. Our tag team of the year. Male wrestler of the year. And our overall wrestler of the year. And as anybody who's listening to the Swaggies knows. Sometimes the overall wrestler of the year is not. Who any of us have listed. As far as like male wrestler of the year. Female wrestler of the year. Tag team of the year, uh, that sort of thing. So that'll be interesting. But again, like I said, let's get into our first commercial break. We will come back uh, from the commercial. We will get into part one of the ninth annual swaggy awards. I'll come back and close this bad boy up and then we will get on to part two. So let's get to our first commercial break here. Remember, this is the attitude regression wrestling podcast, which also appears on the chair Um And of course, always use your head But let's get to that first commercial break and when we come back, we'll start unveiling the winners, including maybe a surprise category for you longtime listeners of the Attitude of Aggression Wrestling Podcast. Excuse me. So here we go. First commercial break and then we will be right back.
0: Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.
3: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early
4: so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus,
3: you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click or just stop by.
5: This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShop.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShop.com.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, basement dwellers, nerds, wrestling fans, everybody in between, it is that time of year again, welcome back to the Attitude of Aggression and the 9th annual swaggy awards i can't believe this is nine years i say that every year and every year i'm still amazed that a i'm still here and b that we're still doing this so um i mean it's it's remarkable but nine years of the swaggy awards the annual end of the year award show for the attitude of aggression it is uh, a lot of our one of our favorite shows of the year and i think it's uh, staying power has to do with the categories which have again kind of modified and shifted this year And, and I know certain people on the panel want a, a former category kind of reintroduced under the radar. We'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, you know, I mean, this is the attitude of aggression. We tend to break rules here and social norms, but anyway, I am your host, big Dave attitude of aggression. I have a delightful panel here this year. That is the best way to describe these gentlemen. They are all awesome. They're all people who've been on the swaggies before, and uh, I am thrilled as I can be to welcome them. All back. So let's go around the room and welcome in whoever's on the panel. I'm just going to, this is not the order we're going to talk about the categories, and I'm just looking at how they're all appearing on my screen. First off, welcoming back to the swaggies the man with only one wife, even though he lives in Utah or no wives, the one and only, the phenomenally funky, fresh, the master of all things trivia, AJ Balaz. AJ, how are you doing, my man?
6: I'm doing good, winner for Utah is approaching cause it's currently snowing while we're recording this. So that was a lovely drive, but I'm go, doing go pretty damn good. Go ski. Yeah. There's just go right up to the mountains. Hell I'm like 40 minutes away from the mountains that are right there.
2: <laughs> Dude. Utah skiing is no joke. I mean, that's as far as Colorado, there's Colorado, California, and Utah. And maybe you there, could there's Utah and California.
6: <laughs> there's a good reason why the license plates for Utah. One of them actually has the tag, the greatest snow on earth.
2: Yes. Lots of fresh powder, not the Tony Khan kind of powder, the real kind of powder. That's right. So <coughs> the different stuff. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to the man who has a running tally of basically every swaggy pick he has made for nine years now. Uh, the live studio audience on Bandwagon Nerds, Mr. DWI himself, or at least one half, one third, excuse me, of the DWI podcast, the one and only recovering from COVID, giving it a middle finger. PC Tunny, How the hell are you feeling today, man? I know we recorded DWI 410 yesterday. You were uh on the mend. Are you drinking today or are you still on the water wagon?
3: I about 20 minutes ago. Oh man,
2: there he is. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, I yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's not it's it's fine. It's okay. It it it's tasted better. But I'm I'm doing better today. Uh, I'm getting better, but I'm I'm hey, it's not about me. It's about the Swaggies. It's about wrestling in the year 2023, baby.
2: He's like the Beatles, getting better every day. So I'm gonna now and then. I'm gonna reverse this because I want to save my most dis- distinguished guest for last. Not that you guys aren't. You guys are, of course. But Ooh. 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 <laughs> he's already upset. He's a scientist. He's got the greatest. What did he do? Something just happened. I don't he put know. his
3: he put his I'm watching would... porn on my computer camera thing down.
2: Oh what. <laughs> Are you on, Dan? I'm just wondering, are you muted yourself or are you actually here? I'm here. All right. I'm unmuted. There he is. It's the scientist, the man with the greatest basement in history, the Thunderdome, not the shitty WWE version, the cool, awesome Thunderdome, the scientist DPP. Dan, how the hell are you doing, man?
4: I'm humbled. I'm honored to be part of this most prestigious awards oh, Boy, in a the kid. wrestling industry I
3: forgot my boots and shovel we are,
2: we are definitely bringing back aj's <laughs> we are bringing aj's category back for sure with that kind of an intro so uh oh yeah <laughs> and last but certainly not least i am thrilled to welcome back to the swaggies this is this guy is as og as it gets as far as this award show goes as far as basically attitude of aggression and dwi go it is as old school as it gets the former host of the Sunday Segway podcast and just one hell of a model Englishman, the one and only Kenny Killer. How are you doing, buddy?
5: I'm doing good. Your boy from across the pond is here. I'm happy to be here, ninth year. Um, one category that I wish was here is not, but, you know, we, could, um, we can all pray. We can all pray. Um, but, yeah, I'm good. Um, I'm happy. Um, it's a new year. Um, it's a new day. I'm just waiting for these categories to get reeled off so I can shoot from the hip and do my rants, man. You know how it is.
2: Is your category that you're missing AJ secret category?
5: Yeah, you know this man.
2: You, well, you know what? That that's as great as an intro as we can get, you know, because surprise kids go ahead. You, you guys want it. You want to give out an award for dad ass of the year. I, I, let's just, let's just get it out of the way right off the bat. It's an unofficial category. Um, uh, for for in case my wife's listening to this, I will refrain from any sort of award just in case. But <laughs> Kenny, I'll I'll go to you first, man. I mean, unofficial category surprise, dropping this on you guys. I mean, is is there a in the immortal words of old Gator, dad ass" that really stands out to you more than any other?
5: Short and sweet, Bailey.
2: You know, Done. I I got I got to kind of agree with you there, um, even. Even if I'm not going to officially agree, I am going to officially agree. If that makes any sense, Tony, are you are you differing from Kenny on this one? I mean, is is it Bailey and then everybody else, or what are we doing here?
3: Uh, this one was from me, and that one right there, that one was from DP.
2: So it looks like we've got at least three, four votes for uh, Bailey for dad-ass of the year. Um, AJ, you gonna you gonna uh, you gonna make this a unofficial unanimous swaggy or what are we doing here
6: nope i am not making it a, uni- <laughs> a unanimous unofficial swaggy cuz everyone knows the answer i had Gigi dolan <laughs> i've said it multiple times in the in the group chat you have that's just me
2: you have that is not not exactly a surprise so um yeah i look really bailey Gigi, dolan it's kind of six and one half a dozen in the other you really can't go wrong either way I, none of us none of us would say "Eh, i'm really disappointed with this you know let's 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 keep it
3: real. i definitely put six and one and half a dozen in the other that's for sure
6: <laughs> you got six fingers
2: <laughs> wow all right
3: oh no, wasn't it- We'ren't talking about fingers, buddy.
2: And this is why this category is unofficial, unsanctioned. This is an unsanctioned category of. The... That, that's what happens
6: when Dan calls us prestigious.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Dan. It's all you, buddy. It is all. It's science.
6: I uh, try to. <coughs> I I just love how everyone was trying like, to keep it sure professional. Unanimous. Yeah. It's... Pretty sure this is unanimous, and I'm like, mm, there's some there's some
2: runners. It's deadass ass and it's scientific. So, all right, with that little fun diversion out of the way, here is how this works for you guys at home listening. If you have not listened to the Swaggy Awards before, A, where the hell have you been? And B, let us break this down for you. This year's show is going to be broken up into two parts. We're going to do part one here right now, and then we will uh, part two will air like a week later, although it seems like we're probably all just going to sit here for a while and talk about wrestling, which is fine. You guys will never know. It's like, big, it's like the Big Four Project <laughs> three weeks later. You guys never knew the difference. But for the rest of us, we did. Um. The way the Swaggies work, we got 20 categories. We're going to break down 10 in part one, 10 in part two. There is no right or wrong answer here, really. It, it is our choices as to what we think was the best of the best in pro wrestling in 2023 in these 20 categories. It is always very interesting to see if we get a unanimous victor, as you saw in the unsanctioned category, close but no cigar. And it is, uh, as, as anybody, you guys have all been on a lot of these over the years, you know that unanimous clean sweeps are very rare on this thing, but they do happen. So it's always interesting to see where that comes from. So that's it. We all talk about our choices. We kind of give our, our rationale and our reasoning as to, uh, as to, you know, why we thought a category should be what it is. And there you go. So we are going to kick this bad boy off the first category of the ninth annual swaggy awards covering 2023 gimmick match of the year. And we are going to go to the one and only PC Tunny to kick off officially the sanctioned part of the ninth annual Swaggies. Tony, what do you got in your gimmick match of the year, man? Uh, I, I got a tie. Is that OK? I, there's one thing I forgot to mention. OK, we we don't really no do. No ties? We don't no, no ties. No, that's not. All right. That. I'll no, pick, no, I'll no, pick no, one. No, 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 no. We don't really do okay. honorable mentions. But as we've said in the past, if there is an honorable mention you feel strongly about, please mention it. And say, hey, this was this was on my radar. I really this I, is a close. So if you want to do it that way, if you want to give a tie, that is perfectly fine, Tony. You want to give a co swag, do it.
3: I'll be brief about it. I'll be brief about it. One for the men, one for the women. Um here. Bad money and, and Damian Priest at Backlash in a San Juan street fight was fucking awesome. Everything about it, uh the build up to it, the actual match. Hold on, Tony. Uh,
2: sorry for that uh canine interlude. Tony, uh, you were about to explain your picks for Gimmick Match of the Year, and the dogs decided to lose their shit.
3: Yeah, no big deal. Uh, I think they heard something about a Bad Bunny, um, and they they weren't wrong. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest had a hell of a fight. Uh, San Juan Street fight, backlash, great pay-per-view. I mean, basically, that build to that pay-per-view was that match. It was excellent. Bad Bunny may be the best celebrity wrestler of all time, um, if you don't count Logan Paul who, who kind of seems more like a, a real regular wrestler right now. But I have to put that in a tie with Becky versus Trish in the cage match uh, at payback, because that did not for me top the list for the women's match of the year. But I thought both of those deserve to be mentioned on the Swaggies today.
2: Yeah. Those are both tremendous calls. Um, yeah. Bad Bunny beating uh, Damian Priest. And that entrance that he had down there in San Juan was a, uh, was magnificent. Trish and Becky, that was, um, that was a hell of a match. So yeah, I, good calls man um we're gonna go to AJ Balaz, the fun phenomenally funky fresh the dissenter of the group on the deadass of the year award but that's all right yeah middle fingers for everybody uh AJ what do you got for your gimmick
6: match of the year man uh so for me gimmick match of the year I mean I I can't do it justice the, Adam Pierce came close of giving it justice but as uh, Lord Stephen Regal, William Regal would say, war games, specifically the women's war games match. That was really good to me. Surprisingly outdone the men's because they all have synergy. They all know what they, they have chemistry together. In the men's, you had the surprise with Randy and obviously CM Punk at the end, but that wasn't the war games match. It, 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 the women's war game match was so damn good so much synergy so much working together i i couldn't put that and like that that had to be the best gimmick match of the year to me
2: it was clearly the best women's war games match of all time i would have to say um yeah that's that's another excellent call i, I did want to throw this out there dj if you're listening to this dad ass of the year was made especially with you in mind kind of that's that's because you know you had your own thoughts about it and you uh you you ghosted us for NXT tonight, so I mean, what can you say? DP, what do you say? What do you say? What is your gimmick match of the year, man?
4: Oh, PC Tony and uh, AJ hit them, hit them both for me. Actually, I, I had Becky and Trish it was kind of right up there for me, but the women's war games match was my gimmick match of the year. Um, same as AJ there. I mean, that match just for me just flowed. Was was planned out so well. You know, everything they everything they did in that match worked. Bringing in the weapons, uh, the high spots of EO jumping off the cage and with the uh, trash can on her, Charlotte coming back with the moonsault off the top. You know, like everything they did in that match just just flowed perfectly. It was you know just well structured. I thought across the whole thing. I think it worked great with four people instead of five, and they just they hit all their spots and everything worked perfectly in that match for me and. It was just so entertaining to watch. I mean, War Games is already one of my favorites, but um, that one was just, like you said, too, Dave, best women's War Games match for sure. Uh, I think probably the best War Games match I've seen <laughs> overall.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I'd have to go back and think, like, some of the ones in NXT were tremendous, uh, the War Games matches. Um, I think, like, the one with... a. Uh, champa and, and cole where they got the air raid crash off the top of the case through the table that one stands out in my mind but um yeah that's a great call i mean the women's war games match was tremendous Kenny, i'm going to turn it over to you on this one I, I have a feeling you and i might be going in a different direction but i want to hear it from you first sir
5: yeah i'm going definitely going in a different direction um i definitely want to give a shout out to the women's war games match that match was really really good i mean el is just crazy we all know that but I'm going to NXT, actually. And the reason I'm going to NXT is because I'm going to the, the men's Iron Survivor Challenge match. Now, this is a new concept that came in um, the year before. And I was pleasantly surprised about this new concept. This year, uh, sorry, last year, 2023, they got it spot on with the men's one. Each person in that match had a story to tell, right? And the way they booked that match was perfect. You had Trick Williams going into it needing, I think it was four fools. You had Braun Breaker come out and just literally get three fours straight away in such a creative way. And then the way the finish, it was just high speed. It, w- it was amazing. I, I I loved that match. Um, And yeah, that for me, that was uh, my gimmick match of the year. And I must say, I actually thought it was gimmick of the year um at first. Um So I had to think on my feet and the gimmick for me, the gimmick gimmick of the year would have been Tony storm. (laughs) If that was a category, Yeah,
2: timeless, Tony storm, that that's I got to say this, man, I up until the end, I love the iron survivor match. I hated the finish. I'd just be straight with you, Kenny. I hated the finish because it got telegraphed once, once trick got the first one, You could feel what they were going to do. And it's like I could see what was happening at the end. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, they could have they could have built that a little bit better than, you know, trick getting all these quick pins. And I get it. Everybody's exhausted and that sort of thing. But I I do like the concept. And, you know, what they haven't addressed yet, and I assume it's coming, is what happens when the 25 minutes are up and there's a tie? Where do we go from there? They've never addressed that. And they could have done that this year. And they pulled away. Sean pulled away from it. And I don't think he realizes quite what he has yet. And you know that's going to happen eventually. There's going to be a tie at the end of 25 minutes. And then what is it? The guys who are tied go to sudden death and everybody else is out. How do we do this sort of thing? I I agree with you. It's a great concept. It's it's evolving. This year was much better than last year. I absolutely agree with you. Both, Both sides were much better than last year. My gimmick match of the year, though, and shout out to every single one of the picks that you guys have made. But for me, there's only one. And that is Swerve Strickland versus Hangman Adam Page, Texas death Match at full gear. Look, and I, you know, you had what Hangman and Moxley earlier in the year, which was brutal as well. But as far as death matches go, <laughs> this one was as batshit crazy as you're going to see. I, I mean, and I, I, you know, some people got repulsed by it. I thought, whatever, Hangman drinking Swerve's blood and then spitting it out. All right, whatever. That, that's a pretty cool spot. But the match itself was just so intense. And when you look at where Swerve Strickland is now coming out of that match, how that match elevated him to an entirely where people are pointing at him, saying, "This is the guy who needs to be the a w world champion um, I didn't see any gimmick match this year that that topped that for brutality and just craziness, so that's what I got, man. I don't know if you guys watched that match. you saw I know Kenny saw it. uh, what do you think of that, man?
5: Yeah, um, I did see it um, and I was enjoying it until. He drank the blood, and I was like, "Dude, man, why? Like, don't need to do that. The match is great. It didn't need that." Um, and then and then my mind started going towards like, "Dude, this is TV deal year, and you're you're drinking blood on the TV. Like, what are you doing?" Um, the match was solid up until that point, and even after it was, it was great. But yeah, it, it's it, the blood thing just took it out of me after that. I yeah, I just couldn't get back into it.
2: It turned off a lot of people. It didn't bother me. I didn't give a shit. But I just I looked at the match as a, as a whole and I and where Swerve ended up after that. And yeah, a shit ton of outside interference. But you would expect that in a Texas Death Match. And so that that got my gimmick match of the year. Um, we're gonna go on to storyline of the year. And AJ, you are going to kick us off on this one. What is what gets your vote? What is the swaggy for your
6: storyline of the year? Storyline of the year to me. And I, I specifically put it as something different just because it it made me giggle and i just put yeeting from the bloodline jay finally breaking away from everything bloodline becoming his own man starting with you know trusting sammy sammy's part of the bloodline gets broken up at the royal rumble like i I trusted you sees the reading sees the the writing on the wall everything else goes for the head of the table one more time fails and then he just goes no i'm gonna do this on my own now So I I thought that was great storytelling on Jay becoming his own self instead of that Uso. He even said it himself in a promo where it was like, for a long time, they kept calling me the other Uso. It was was Jimmy and Jay. Jimmy was like the highlight reel. Now Jimmy's the other Uso now. But Jay was just like, I'm finally in my own light. I'm breaking away from the bloodline, getting entire spotlight, main event treatment. And he's doing so he's doing pretty damn good so far. Not going to lie. So that's why I think the the buildup of why did Sammy do this? And then slowly realizing like this bloodline shit's kind of annoying me. It's, it's, it's making me not who I am and then making himself what he is now on raw and not anywhere near the bloodline. So I enjoy that thoroughly.
2: Yeah. His, um, excuse me his breaking away from the blood i mean the bloodline wasn't the story it was a year ago but it it evolved and it morphed into a different kind of story and yeah jimmy and jay uh sammy all that stuff was right front and center at the the kind of the dissolving and then evolving so to speak of the bloodline was its own story this year that that that's a good call dp what do you got man what is your storyline of the year
4: oh it's exactly what you guys are just talking about it's that's more i put more of the bloodline civil war you know on a whole that storyline i mean that's, that's like you said it's been going on for a couple of years it's you know it hasn't been as huge as it was before maybe but it's still evolving changing and that what makes a good story right is that we're still invested in it and seeing yeah jay break away and his his feud going up against romans you still saw sammy Zayn and ko you know when Zayn finally you know broke away and turned and And him and KO versus the Usos and you know, they have all these different facets of this storyline that all work well together, that have all been great, have all been entertaining to watch. You know, every bit of it is still great. And, you know, I I feel like I should preface that All my picks are gonna be main WWE main roster stuff because that's what I watch. So, you know, you're gonna see a common theme. But to me, that one was just light years ahead of any other storyline going on that i've been watching is just that like you said evolution de-evolution the roller coaster ride of who is going to be part of the bloodline where are we going has just been entertaining to watch day in and day out
2: and it's still evolving as we speak (laughs) so so yeah it's a tremendous storyline and there's absolutely nothing wrong with main main roster wwe uh getting most of the awards here which i think we kind of expect but kitty what do you got in your what is your storyline of the year man uh, yes, yeah, following on from
5: the other guys, really, is a uh, bloodline, a whole amalgamation of of the story mm-hmm. and how it takes up different parts. Um, how a lot of different people have gotten the rub from that. Um, I think my favourite part about it is what has happened to uh, Jay, but also Solo, um, and how they have potentially another star on their hands with with Solo. Um, And I think the next focus should be solo and what happens out, you know. Um, And just the whole kind of people second guessing, you know, are new people going to come into the bloodline? You know, oh, um, Zilla Fatou's now started to wrestle. Jacob Fatou, you know, he may be be able to be released from MLW. It's like so many different things, um, you know, kind of being touted. Um, And it's just, yeah, it has fell off a bit so far this year, but I think it will pick back up um, after Mania when... The focus really should be on solo.
2: Well, I mean, the bloodline's gonna evolve with this potential Rock versus Roman <laughs> at WrestleMania. There's your next evolution of the bloodline. Um, however, I'm gonna be the asshole here because I'm sure Tony would make it unanimous, and I'm gonna dissent from that. My storyline of the year is Adam Cole and MJF. And I love that story that these guys have told all year with the we're the bitterest of enemies to the best of to kind of like becoming friends to learning to respect each other, to being the best of friends and then coming full circle at, at World's End where Cole is uh, the douchebag who's been pulling the strings and all that sort of thing. I think I like this story and you know, because I know the bloodline is going to get a lot of attention on, on these awards, but I gave this some extra love because of what it did to MJF and it turned him from scumbag into our scumbag from the AEW universe. He became this massive baby babyface out of this kind of this accidental pairing. And I don't give Tony Khan a lot of credit, like Meltzer sucking his dick, telling him that he's Booker of the Year. Fuck that. You got lucky with this one. This worked out better than you thought. And that's because you had two of the best guys who can tell a story working it, Adam Cole and MJF. That's the only reason this thing worked. It shouldn't have worked. Um, but I, I love the story. I love the result of it. It, it catapulted MJF to the next level. And I, And make no mistake, working with a veteran like Cole was the best thing for him so i i think that's why i'm giving this the storyline of the year just the impact that this had on and you know we're gonna talk about it AEW's had a very up and down year and it's certainly ending on kind of a down note but that story you know ring of honor tag team champions and and all the shit going on with all in and and keeping that story going even after cole breaks his ankle i you know that's that's kind of okay you guys do a lot of things wrong but you got that right and that's why it's the, it's my story of the year.
3: That's a pretty cool pick, Dave, because that probably was a, at the at the least it's the storyline of the year in in AEW because oh, it you 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 double you double turned through the course of a, of a rivalry Multiple of a storyline right. <laughs> they double right. turned so a couple
2: times in that. But
3: time. I'm just saying, like you know, you like like. Austin and Hart, they, you, know, you got the double turn. Like you got the double turn out of this that you wanted. And it, and it was, it was something that it was one of very few things AEW got right this year.
2: Yeah, I, I, I agree. There's not a ton. This was one of them. So yeah, good. Tony, Tony, what do you got for your story of the year?
3: I mean, the bloodline it, it, like, let's go back. Right. Cause I got my awards here. 2021, my storyline of the year, Roman reigns, tribal chief bloodline. Bloodline begins, right? My storyline of the year last year, Sami Zayn and the Bloodline, right? This year we have what they're calling Bloodline 2.0 and everything you guys talked about. But for me, my storyline of the year is the Judgment Day and everything about the Judgment Day from how they started the year to Finn and Damien both getting title shots and not succeeding to Rhea continuing to dominate. And to continue to be the leader and that storyline between her and Damien, Dominic going down and winning a title, Damien winning the money in the bank, the boys, Damien and Finn winning the tag team titles. And now Big Head Joins the freaking uh, what's his name? Uh Bighead.
2: J- JD McDonough.
3: McDonough. JD McDonough. JD McBighead. <laughs> Jordan joins Devlin, the whatever you Day. Call him. And you got <laughs> and 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 R-Truth. Everything R-Truth, right? Like here is my shout-out to R-Truth. Who would have thought that the biggest thing for television wasn't punk? or Orton as far as actual time on television. It's our truth. Our truth has been a fucking star every single week on television, everything he's been given. And he's an example, just like he said, and Miz has Said and, and Foley and guys like that have said, all I know is I'm getting TV time and I'm going to knock it out of the park with whatever I can do. And I think the judgment day has just been phenomenal in every dynamic that they have. And, and for me, they're my faction of the year slash storyline of the year. Everything about them.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's not forget the great feud between Edge and Finn Balor. Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. And I mean, okay, the match went a little bit wrong there when, when Finn got busted open. But it was still a tremendous feud. And, you know, I know you guys were talking earlier, iconic entrances. Dude, Edge and Finn's entrance at WrestleMania 39 is right up there with the best entrances of the year. So,
6: no, I think... Only- only Edge can come out to South of Heaven by Slayer.
2: Right, and get away I, with I feel, it. I feel like and he's the only one they could over. Everybody cheering for it. That's exactly right. Um, no, it's it's a good call. And, and the Judgment Day is another one of those. You know, and I mean, this is kind of the year of the return of the factions. You know, it, for a while it was just the bloodline. But this year you had a few more pop up that, you know, you almost got to think, do well, we have a faction of the year award? Because they've not and you been got, prevalent. you got some more you have some more
3: stable factions, too, to kind of make it even more punny. Um,
2: Damage control, you,
3: you know? You know, exactly. That That was the next thing I was going to say. So, yeah, I mean, plus you got, like, that mini-faction of, of, of like, KO and Sammy and Cody and Seth kind of thing going on there, too.
2: No, it's a good call, man. Judgment Day is, uh, talk about, I mean, a group that seemed dead in the water and kind of really rebuilt themselves as the year went along and became a much bigger thing than they were when the year started.
6: So good call. I I think, I think we all wrote them off after edge got kicked out. I'm pretty sure all of us in, on whatever podcast or whatever show every week.
3: Edge goes on Jericho's show. I think podcast. Yeah. Since he's been there, I think that's what it was, but he talked about that and he's like, yeah, I started judgment day and then I abruptly left judgment day. And it was because we just figured out that, there was nowhere to go with me being in judgment day but they had a way to go without me being in judgment day and so edge even admits they realized the people booking the people writing and himself and the rest of the members at that time knew that they didn't need to, they didn't want or need to have edge inside the judgment day
2: yeah and that was the best thing for them was him getting booted out and what that led to so yeah, that's a good call, Tony. That's an excellent call. We are going to go to DP to kick off the next category. This is kind of a, a a newer one that we have installed this year. Baby face of the year, face of the year, not you know the face of the of the industry, but who is your biggest baby face of the year, Dan?
4: For me, this last year, I'm giving it to Jey Uso. I think he had his breakout year. You know, there was again part of that bloodline storyline, but he finally got to show what he can do on his own. You know, he got the main event moniker. He had not only starting off the year, you know, as part of you know with his brother as the tag team champions, you know, for that long reign, putting on one hell of a tag team match at WrestleMania with Zayn with a uh, yeah Zayn and KO, and then finally breaking away, having that you know main eventing SummerSlam with Roman Reigns, you know, for for the uh, tribal combat match, uh, the tag team matches he had, you know, after he came you know with Cody. You know, winning the tag titles quickly, but then just his singles role. I mean, the, the pop he was getting coming out and the, mm. you know, his own kind of character really came out a little bit more than just being part of the tag team with Jimmy out oh, there you yeet,
7: yeet
4: and, Kevin. you know, yeet, yeet. Kenny. Yeah. he's, you know, he's got a bit, he's got a bit, he's got, you know, everything going for him. Uh, you know, I ex- kind of expect some big things from him. I think, you know, as a singles wrestler, you know, cause he's certainly not done yet. You know, I'm sure he'll get his they'll get get the one on one with Jimmy at WrestleMania. But I thought he had, you know, like, you know, could have been the breakout star of the year, too, I guess. Right. But I, I thought, you know, baby face of the year just because he got over so much with that crowd. They loved him every time he came out. And he just he got a chance to have his own personality shine through, you know, without anybody else around not being, you know, second fiddle to Roman Reigns. And, you know, underneath the, that umbrella, I think he really shined last year
2: for sure. And don't forget the only person who has pinned Roman reigns in four years is J use. So, you know, that's, you know, that, that counts for something. Kenny, who is your pick? Who's your baby face of the year, man?
5: Uh, So I've gone with Cody. Um, And the reason I've gone with Cody is, I mean, he started out the year winning uh, the rumble um, and he's had a solid year when it comes to not only on TV and uh, you know, the way he has the crowd, merchandise and all of that, but also the way he has affected the live shows over the last year um a- as well. Um it's he's you know, he's he's done tremendously well. Yeah, he hasn't finished his story, and we were all kind of surprised and taken aback about you know what had happened at the end of WrestleMania um night two. But um I believe he's been very consistent. He's his his um the crowd are consistent in terms of cheering the mom, the pops, um, singing his song. Um, and uh, I think, you know, he has followed that babyface trope of, you know, Um, always having to come, you know, come from behind or dig deep. I mean, you look at the storyline at the moment that's happening with Shinsuke Nakamura, which is for me, kind of brought out a lot more in Shinsuke in terms of his, his heel tendencies and going to using the subtitles and all that kind of stuff. I think Cody was the right person for him to, to be able to face. You need a good baby face to be able to get, you know, heels like that over, especially heels who are kind of struggling, um, at a point. So yeah, for me, it's, it's Cody Rhodes.
2: That's a great call. Uh, no doubt about that. My, I'm kind of going on the opposite side of that coin. Cause I think we're kind of talking two sides of the same coin. My baby face of the year is the world heavyweight champion, Seth Rollins. I, I think Seth is probably the greatest accidental baby face of all time because you know, he wasn't supposed to be the face. Everybody was supposed to be booing him. Then the next thing you know, everybody's singing his song. And he's getting all these thunderous (laughs) ovations. Yeah, exactly. And, and he goes from, you know, I mean, for a while they were trying to resist it. It seemed kind of like when Becky was supposed to be this, this heel and no one would accept that. And then with Seth, he just turns into, and and it, and it got such an organic push and and everybody started to cheer him, sing a song. Next thing you know, he's the world heavyweight champion and he's been the world heavyweight champion ever since then. So. For me, I mean Cody's yeah, one side of the coin, Seth is the other side of that coin and and I just think yeah, because he, Cody left when he when he left, when he got hurt, he was this massive baby face. Seth was the guy who put him out allegedly. Seth wasn't supposed to be this, but the fact that he is that talented and that charismatic enough that you can get so over just with a song is is a testament to Seth Rollins and just how talented he is. So, Seth gets my b- vote for baby face of the year um, Tony, what do you got, man?
3: When I, when I tried to decipher who I wanted to pick for this, I, I thought of stone cold, Steve Austin and Jr and their term for the biggest of baby faces and how they become the biggest of baby faces. And that is a term they like to add to it, uh, called the white meat baby face. And there is no whiter meatier baby face then cody rhodes cody rhodes is family cody rhodes is doing what's right cody rhodes is standing up for what's wrong cody rhodes is paying for the wrestling class and their airfare and tickets to go to wrestlemania this coming year if you don't know what the wrestling class is look it up it's pretty damn cool uh cody rhodes to me is easily the baby
4: face of the year I you were gonna say Sheamus? A white as yeah,
3: white as well. Yeah, you said that's I'm so white. I glow all the time, especially
6: at night.
2: Banger after banger after banger. AJ, who's your who's your baby face of the year, man?
6: Uh so the baby face of the year for me, he didn't really start off as one in the beginning, but now when everyone is is repeating things that they say, doing things that they say. There's only one person that can God. stop the what chance. And that's everybody saying L hey. A hey. night.
3: Night. Yeah. 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 No, no. It's Cody
6: Rhodes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let me talk to you.
6: Uh, no, that's he's, he's gotten the rub of the century with having to face Roman Reigns. He's gotten the rub with John Cena. He's now getting the rub with Randy Orton. He's, and like I said, when was the last time you heard a what chant going off? There's no more what chants. It's the yeah, yeah, all the time. That's all you hear. He doesn't even have to say with, he, he says with everybody saying, he doesn't have to say his name anymore. All he has to do is just point one finger and they all know who. he's. He has the crowd at the palm of his hands. He's red hot. White hot, even, and there's only just greater things to happen into 2024 for him. So that's why I'm gonna go with the good old megastar with L. A. Knight. Yeah,
2: talk about another accidental, accidental baby face that (laughs) it wasn't supposed to be that way. So
3: I I got him in a different category, actually. I do too. a
2: i do too. I do too. So on that note, we're gonna go to the other side of the spectrum. The bastards. The you know, not Pack, but the other bastards, the heel of the year. Kenny, you're going to kick this thing off. Who is your heel of the year, man?
5: Right. Now, I, oh, I kind of have a tie. I literally last minute changed. I think changed my mind. Um,
2: I just changed my mind on one, too, after you guys. Yeah, <laughs> so that, you know, it tends you know, to happen.
4: No, I'm going to change it. my mind on um, the show after listening to you guys. I'm,
5: a... <laughs> I'm definitely going to do a, um, a honorable mention um, to Dirty Dom. But my heel of the year is going to one guy who is an instant classic and has now got a a group called the patriarchy. A guy can come onto TV, right, and say, you don't you don't talk about dead, you know, dead family members. You just don't do it. You just don't do it. And the way this guy has come onto TV, right, and decided to call out people's dead fathers and build a compilation of it. (laughs) <laughs> right. It has to be the heel of the year he's done so well with this i i you know it's com- completely surprised me i didn't think it was going to move into anything and now it's moved into this thing where he's even got nick wayne's mum next to him what i, I it's, it's it's amazing it's amazing he's the heel
2: of the year for me kitty christian though he's father of the year come on man you, you can't make a father of the year heel of the year too can you i guess you can no, I, I I love the call, man. It It is a great call. And I mean, he would be my honorable mention. And your honorable mention is actually my heel of the year. And that's Dirty Dominic Mysterio. And the reason why I'm giving it to Dom over Christian is Christian can actually talk without being booed out of the building. Dominic Mysterio. Exactly. Dom can't talk. You know, we. Can... this is my yard there. I mean, that was every time Dom does that shit and he gets, it it is, it is like, to me is the raw after WrestleMania 33 Roman stands in the ring for seven minutes and can't say a fucking word. And he's just like, got him in the palm of my hand. Dom has that every single night. I mean, San Diego has disowned his ass. That's how hated this guy actually is. And he's so young. What's up, Kenny.
5: Yeah. And I was going to say that was literally going to be my reason for Dom being, heal but i just had to change it at last minute but you're right it is they, you can't you get everywhere everywhere it's like it's not even expat heat it's it's proper i'm a i'm a hill and i'm gonna boo you out of the out of the burden so i completely agree
2: oh i love like you know when he was here in bakersfield for no mercy and just they and this 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 town has got a very heavy latino population and they were well represented at that and they couldn't stand this guy um no, I mean they're so close. Dominic and Christian Cage are are so close with each other as far as just and they do they do different sorts of things and they make it work with different sorts of things that they're delivering it in a different way. And Dom is just so hated because of what he did to his dad, and Christian is so hated because he's everybody's dad. So it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting dichotomy. Tony, what do you got? Who is your heel of the year, man?
3: It's Dominic Mysterio. I mean. Not only the fact that, and I, you know, I had to kind of throw that in there. You got, That's you know, the fine. Booing thing, um, but yeah, he just, it's just constant every week and it, it's great. And and baby face and heel are gimmicks, right? And the gimmick of a heel, the, the purpose of a heel gimmick is to get booed by the crowd and no one's been doing it better for this year than Dominic Mysterio. Now, just to add the little intricacies into it too, he does such a great job of the ambiguity between him and Rhea right and and yeah, and that buddy, buddy Matthews doesn't like him too. much I'm sure you know <laughs> it, i don't, I think he could give a shit yeah, he honestly knows, he knows <laughs> I mean really I think he thinks it's I bet you he's thrilled that it's Dominic Mysterio and not anybody else how about that let's put it that that's, way if you really want to really want to talk about it right the guy who they say just eats chicken fingers and plays on his phone all the time but what do you expect he's 21 years old now maybe even yeah dan that's you um
4: 42 but, and i still do that but dominic has Except done a, switch a I, steam deck instead
3: dominic mysterio is 1000 percent a future wwe champion and hall of famer the kid has got it and barring uh career ending injury. He's going to go on to be one of the greatest of all time. In my opinion, he's, he's, he has already almost figured out how to start to have a personality and, and get over with the crowd. And he's only going to get better and better and better. And that's only going to multiply as the years go on because he's so green in the ring. He's, he's just, it's going to be amazing what he can do in like three years from now. And then six
4: years from now, it's going to be
2: nuts. And you that's know, one it's of
4: gonna... the great things I love about the factions. You know, he gets an opportunity to to learn and to ease his way, or to that you know heel character and get a little bit better and better and over a little bit more. I, that's one of the reasons I love having those factions, and I think putting Dom in Judgment Day there was just a, a home run hit. Great idea.
2: And, and let's be honest, it's some of the best heels when they get redeemed eventually, and some of them can't be Dominic. We know is going to get. There's going to be that reconciliation with his dad. So, and when that happens hopefully it happens like mania that's going to be one of those wrestlemania moments where you know it's not going to be liz and randy but it's going to be you know along the same lines. so i i can't wait for that to happen and you know what's happening at some point in time um aj let's turn it over to you your heel of the year man
6: you know i i was going to act i was going to say cage just because i i love the whole gimmick of dead dad like so i hear uh I hear your mom's in the crowd, but not your dad, because he's dead. Uh, But it it has to be Dom because of the entire fact that Tony said. He can't talk. And I don't mean he can't talk on the microphone like he doesn't have the ability or he sucks at it. They literally will not let him talk. He's higher than X-Pac heat. We didn't even think that kind of heat was possible. Just being, I know that it's the 2024 show, but the fact that day one that happened... He couldn't talk in San Diego in 619. They would not let him talk. This
3: is great gimmick heat because you brought up one other example with Roman Reigns, right? And the other Roman, Mm -hmm. the other, the other example is Vicky Guerrero. So now those three, the way they've gotten booed in those particular ways that they're all the same. That's gimmick heat. That's not, I hate you as a person. That's like, man, I I'm booing you for the storyline because you're doing a good fucking
6: job. And look at that—he's—he's—he's he's he's being another Guerrero. It's perfect. It's his mom. Have but... back,
2: you'd have to bring back Chris Benoit from the dead to get real person heat at this point in time. But you know, I—that and you get Teddy you'd Hart. see some shit. But um, hey,
3: yeah, <laughs> no, I—Belveteen uh, Dream. You know, he apologized. Yeah, yeah, to bring him man. back. some sure. Sure. Well, I'm sure yeah, that's going to yeah, go yeah. well. Yeah, some other there's some other guys along that line. Jer- Jericho's Skrull. trying to Jericho's trying to make a name got? for himself. Joe Jericho is trying uh, to go on the Heat side. Yeah.
6: All right. but best. but in all in in reality here bringing it back dom is never allowed to talk because they just boo him that much how much of that is piped in i don't know but for being there but live people much. are legitimately booing like this is part of your gimmick you shut up you're not allowed to talk at all because we love ray mysterio that much and you're you're like a bastard literally so, I think
3: it's just part. I think the audience loves to participate and they've given yeah. them a chance to participate and in it, something that they like to do. So yeah, it
6: works. There was a camera in the war games, like waiting cage. And you just see him with his ears covered when he's the only one in there. Like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'm, I'm canceling on all you guys. So I, I just think that you can't be a better heel than having the entire world gimmick or not. They probably don't hate him in real life, but Hate on someone that much, and it's just perfect for the character. But Christian Cage, I gotta say, very close second, just because telling the the crowd that has like a a single mom, yeah, your dad's dead, or telling Edge to go fuck himself, that too.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that was that was Dan.
3: That was, like, was probably like, oh, by the way, Beth texted me before.
4: She wanted me to let you know, go fuck yourself. <laughs>
2: Uh, DP, bring us home on this one. Who's your heel of the year, man?
4: Well, I mean, it's, it's really nobody else but Dom, uh, but I got him in another category. So just for the sake of having someone else to like, just give a shine to a little bit, I'm going to, I'm going to say Logan Paul, um, uh, just because you want to talk about like real person heat, like just as far as a person, a lot of people hate him. Just, just hate They hate the way he is kind of that whole, you know, social media star. I see a slow red raise Hey, AJ.
3: I you know, yeah Yeah, you know, I was gonna say a lot of people don't get him. AJ gets him and still hates him, so I guess there's your point.
2: Yeah, I think like and, with him, yeah, people resent him. It's like you have no business being this fucking good. And and,
4: and he's yeah, damn no, that, good. That, that,
2: that's where I'm at. Right. I don't Every know. time
4: you see I, him, you know, he's damn good. He puts in the work, he puts in the effort. He's one of the, he's a fantastic yeah. wrestler, athlete, you know, so I think going outside of the wrestling world and and
3: entertainment wise and like trying to you sell your brand and stuff if people truly look into who Jake and and, and Logan Paul are they work fucking hard and they're actually pretty good yeah, they're no, pretty they good do. they're pretty good guys too by the way um
4: so <laughs> I'll just leave it at that
2: they've made their gimmick yeah. work to maximum effectiveness Oh, for oh sure. yeah, yeah
4: right and yeah and every time you see him every time he, he comes around you know this you know, you don't want to see him like, a crap. you know, everybody hates him. He has kind of that squirrely heel, you know, whatever they tried to do at the beginning when he first came in and The Miz turned on him like they were going to put Logan Paul as a, Paul as a baby face, whatever that was two years ago, I guess now. But like they quickly realized that was a dumb move because he is, he is a phenomenal heel and he plays that heel character so well when he's there and so much so that they gave him that U.S. title, had him beat Rey Mysterio. You know, him and Ricochet had moments there. You know, he was in the Money in the Bank. He wrestled Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. I mean, he gets, he even wrestled Roman Reigns the year before, right? The Crown Jewel. He he gets those main matches, big event matches, because he's that damn good. And because when he's there, people hate him and don't want to see him. He's just, he's really good at playing that character to a T. And despite being part-timer, he is a phenomenal heel. So I just wanted to give him a little bit of props. I know he's not 100%. You know, three sixty five in the wrestling world, but when he's there, pretty goddamn
2: good. No, I um, I definitely like the call. He's um, there's a lot of people who dislike him, and that's real life heat, you know, because it's real life heat directed at a gimmick. And like you know, like Tony was saying, those those boys work really hard. And you know, Jake Paul's worked very hard on his boxing craft. You know, I don't think you want to throw him in there with somebody like uh, you know, Tyson Fury or something like that. That might not go so well, or even Mike Tyson for that matter. But He's working hard. Logan works very hard in the ring. And so I think people actually resent that. And it's like, well, if you resent it so much, get your ass in the ring. Anyway, we're going to move on to pay-per-view slash PLE of the year, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to go first since it is no surprise what I'm going to pick. AJ had already kind of mentioned it earlier. It is WrestleMania 39 and it is not close for me. And yes, I'm biased because I was there, but that issue notwithstanding, there is at least, and we're going to talk on part two, there are matches that happened at WrestleMania 39 that we will talk about, I'm sure, in our match of the year categories. Uh, WrestleMania Saturday was phenomenal on so many levels, and it didn't matter. I mean, and I remember when it was going on, we had all these debates. Tony knows what match should main event night one of WrestleMania. In the end, did it really fucking matter with the way those two matches closed WrestleMania Saturday? I say no, it didn't matter. They were interchangeable. They were tremendous. WrestleMania, And then on Sunday, you had that tremendous triple threat Intercontinental Championship match. Roman and Cody was an unbelievable match, even if the ending sucked for so many of us. WrestleMania 39 was the first truly great two-night WrestleMania that they've pulled off so far. It was the first time they got it right both nights. It wasn't that one was, you know, so like, you know, 38, Saturday tremendous, Sunday was okay. You know, that sort of thing. Um, they got the formula right. This year they they are it's kind of like the Iron Survivor. They are learning how to maximize this two night format. They got it absolutely right this year. For me, no other no other ple came close to the granddaddy of them all, WrestleMania 39. It's my it's my ple of the year. Uh, Tunny, I turn it to you for your choice here.
6: Yep, what Dave said. AJ, I had a close one because I was going to put Night of Champions, getting the new World Heavyweight Championship in there great matches between Cody and Brock setting up that feud going into SummerSlam stuff like that but i have to say WrestleMania 39 was great but for me it was Day 1 the Saturday show that i liked a lot more just because of the tag team payoff um Miz just getting trounced by every single guest that comes in Austin Theory getting put over by John Cena. Like like I said before, getting the rubs from certain people. Getting a rub from John Cena is probably the best rub you can get in WWE so far, by far. Maybe the next one coming up with The Rock, but Reigns doesn't need the rub, really. And just a bunch of matches that felt like it shouldn't have worked, but it did work, and it stood out more. I could probably... Night 2 was great, too, but for me, Night 1 with everything going on the start of it to the end of it was just amazing to me.
2: Dan, what do you got for your PLE of the year?
4: Are we going around the horn with this one? Cause it's, it's definitely WrestleMania. And I, um, with AJ in this one, I, I specifically would call out day one for me as well, just cause I thought that one, you know, from top bottom was, was just, uh, you know, a scotch better than night two, uh, but it's pretty darn close. You know, you got, we got John Cena at a, at a pay-per-view at a WrestleMania, you know, when he's not around full time, you got yeah the, the whole Miz thing and Pat McAfee showing up. You got Ray and Dom. You had Rhea Ripley, you know, in Charlotte where, you know, Ripley starts her title reign. The tag team match, you know, KO and Zayn with the against the Usos closing it out was just fantastic. And you had Rollins in that one with Logan Paul. Like I mentioned, you know, with the Logan Paul heat, heat. I thought just that that card that day, like every one of them hit for me like everything was just fantastic it wasn't didn't feel like anything slowed down in any of those matches it was just really good all the way around
2: and and let's let's not undersell the fact that the disappointing ending to wrestlemania 39 the disappointment so many of us felt was set up by the by the sammy and ko dethroning the usos so you kind of thought hey maybe this really is the end of the bloodline and then you get the rug pull you go ahead Tony.
3: I didn't take any time really uh, in this category, so I just want to ask one question around the horn really quick, and it's just a yes or no, and then, Kenny, you can go ahead. Do we really need John Cena and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania this year? AJ?
6: No.
4: Dave? Dan? Hell yeah. Kenny?
2: Okay. No. Just it. Now we'll get back to Kenny. Is this Not the wrestlers need-
4: you need, but it's the wrestlers you want. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we're going to go to kenny to see if we have got a <laughs> unanimous swaggy here early on in part so. one uh
5: yeah we do i want to give a shout out to wrestle kingdom um 17 night one um because that was their first time trying the two-nighter and the second night was horrible but the first night was amazing um but yeah we're going around the home with this one man wrestlemania i mean I was so, you know, I was so surprised the way every match was hitting. I was so surprised because night one last year, um, the year before, was amazing as well. Um, And, you know, there was one or two that I was like, mm, but with this one, they, it just hit, hit after hit after hit. You know, and it kicked off, like, obviously with Austin Fury and, and John Cena as being, you know, the kind of upset. But then... The, the Street Profits match You know yeah. The tag match yes. That was Really good And that surprised me And I think that started The whole surprise thing For me Because then that went Into Seth Rollins And Logan Paul And that was just Amazing So yeah Just like what D.P.P. said You know Night One Particularly was For me amazing But WrestleMania as a whole Yeah Nothing beats that for me man
3: Dave yeah. <laughs> For the second time in three years, WrestleMania has now become a unanimous, swaggy award winner.
2: There's a reason for that. I, and Kenny, Kenny brings up a good point, like WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom, dabbling with that. This two-night formula isn't exactly easy to pull off. I, I, and, and you saw it with them. And WrestleMania struggled with it a little bit since they've done it. And they're starting to get their groove now. I expect 40 to be really, really on top of this.
3: To your point, the only reason it got it two years ago is because it was the pandemic mania and that rain delay with those promos to kick that thing off, especially night one, was spectacular.
2: And it's it's accidental, but it's fortuitous because it led to this exactly. formula that everybody's like one of the big complaints. Anybody who'd been to the one night WrestleManias, I know, Kenny did was at thirty five, and and I was at thirty four, and then you know thirty one and thirty two. They were so they were long. Get- and you They're get exhausted. Getting to be six
3: hours. Yeah, you They're just, getting to
2: be six hours. You Just get exhausted by the end of it. And you don't have the energy left for the main event. And it, and it was suffering. And um, this year was not like that. Everybody had energy for Cody and Roman. And really the way that they set that thing up and then pulled the rug out from under you. I mean, that might. Well, we're going to get to disappointment of the year coming up soon, but we'll see how that turns out. But we're back to the top of the lineup for our segment promo of the year. We're going to go to PC Tunney here. Tunney, what, what do you get in this one? This, this is an interesting category. The promo uh,
3: segment of the year, mine, uh, there's a lot of really good ones you could go to across. And, and for me, like, this is like uh regardless of, of how your, your, your booker, your owner, your, your people in charge of your company are. So this could go to any company, but it's good. I'm going to stay in the E and you know. Rhea, you may be mommy, but daddy's back. Uh, Randy Orton's daddy's back promo is just sick. I, I like I jumped out of my chair and smiled and laughed and cheered all at the same time when he said that just to have Randy back. His evolution, pun intended, is ridiculous to where now people say that he may be the most he may be the best, purest professional wrestler of all time and, and, and how he works and how he, he's like, if you took Jake Roberts and triple H and put them together, you know, all the intentions and, and, and maniacal, um, ruthless, uh, uh, efficiency of Jake Roberts with the cerebral, um, physicality of a triple H and Randy Orton has just become that guy. But that promo was, was just amazing. Randy Orton, daddy's back, baby.
2: Yeah, that was that was epic. I mean, uh, he he killed that. That was uh, fantastic. Yeah, I'm not like wheels are turning in my head. Did I consider that one? Maybe I did. AJ, what do you what do you got for your promo or segment of the year?
6: So for me, it was something from good old uh, main event Jay after after SummerSlam. Jimmy's going on telling him why he did what he did, so he doesn't become an asshole like Roman Reigns. Jimmy looks at him and says, "You out," and I'm out too. That to me, that just went like, oh, that 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 was a little bit of a deep cut. That was that was delivered so well, just super kicking and then then walking out of the arena, that sent chills to me. I loved that promo so much. The daddy's back works. I I loved it a lot. Don't get me wrong, but the 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 you out and just super kick leave, and it's just like, nah, I ain't doing this anymore. That that to me solidified jay as going solo and doing his own thing on his own terms and that's that's one thing that i absolutely loved yeah
2: that was uh that was one of those epic moments in the de-evolution of the bloodline and you know storyline of the year that for a lot of people so yeah an- another excellent choice that i probably underrated dp uh give me something else that i didn't consider <laughs>
4: Well, that one, that one was my, was, if I would have pick promo of the year, that was mine too. If you're out, I'm out too. Um, I'll go with the segment of the year for me. Uh I, I picking uh Sami Zayn's turn on Roman at the Royal Rumble, the close of the Royal Rumble. Uh, if you want to, if we can call that a segment that, you know, after the match and they're just standing Dan, there and Dan he, you know, you he's can, had,
2: a- you can call it a segment. Cause I did too. And it's my pick as well. <laughs>
4: Excellent. There you go. Uh, how cute are you? Uh, take your COVID to the T- bathroom T- Toney, over there. Tony,
6: that was me this week. You had the COVID. <laughs> I had the stomach flu. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just,
4: I thought, you know, just a, a beautiful segment. We, we were waiting for for months, you know, for Zane to finally, you know, see, what he's, see what's going on here and finally turn on Roman. You know, and then finally oh, it nice. happens. You know, Roman hands him the chair, tells him to take out KO. And bam, right into the back. You know, and then we're off and running with Zayn turning just huge pop, huge baby face right there. You know, just completely made, and we had a you know another great next evolution of the storyline of the bloodline. It's you know it's a common theme across all these uh, categories. You know, the bloodline story was just everywhere in WWE, and this one just took it to a whole new level. I, I thought that close of the rumble was just fantastic for me,
2: Can- Kenny. I'm going to jump in front of you just here because Dan and I have the same category. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I. I did want to give an honorable mention and a shout out to the segment between Seth Rollins and CM Punk very recently, man that, that there was a lot of intensity there. And with everybody talking about how there's real, real significant heat between these two guys watching them back and forth. And you could feel the intensity between those guys. I absolutely love that.
3: And what it's real is, about as real as Brett and Sean, Dave well, about as real. Was, Brett.
2: I, I don't know if punk's actually punched, or Seth has punched punk in the face yet, but you know, we know Brett did. Um, but no, I think my, my pick is the same as, um, as DPs right now. What do you, it's, it's documented. Damn it. Tuddy, shave your eyebrow, get a Klondike bar, hey, shave your eyebrow. <laughs> Come on now. argue with a lawyer. <laughs> can you Klondike bar me through Skype? All yeah, shave it. If my name was Wonka, I could, but um, I
4: can DoorDash it.
2: Yeah. I, I agree with Dan on this one because the end of the rumble with, with Sammy turning on the bloodline, was more cinema than it was pro wrestling it was everything going on the drama of that moment of that leading up to that and roman in his face just you know say what the fuck is your problem and all this kind of stuff and and the crowd urging sammy to stand up and then when he does it just the reaction of jimmy and jay like what the fuck are you doing man and then they jimmy super kicks him jay walks off you're not sure what the hell's happened uh but you know that sammy has left the bloodline which was like, you know, where they were from war games to just a couple of months later to that. So to me, it was just, it was absolutely dramatic. It was maximum effectiveness. It was, it was storytelling done in the most cinematic way possible. And WWE is great at that, but this was something different in my opinion.
4: This, this sparked, this sparked all these different changes. It sparked Jay's questioning and, and just finally moving on and Jimmy and the feud there. And, you know, it, it sparked that dissension and how they were going to, the next evolution of how they were gonna break up and who was gonna go where and how it was gonna you know fit back together and that yeah, that was just yeah, like you said, it was it was cinematic more than it was yeah. a wrestling show. And, and it's it that the, point.
2: And it set the stage for that epic tag match at WrestleMania. Let's circle back, Kenny, what do you got here? What is your promo or segment of the year, man?
5: Um so I do like the one that you guys picked, um, Dave. Um the only reason why I, I think I didn't pick it is because we knew it was coming, right? Um I wanna give an honorable mention to um, Dirty Doms. Um, I know what it's like to do hard time promo. Yeah, that was more of a
3: segment, I think.
5: Uh, well, yeah, I, I thought that was hilarious. But awesome. I'm going with, um, with with AJ on this one. Um, the yeah, the, the I'm out two. That got me out of my seat. I was so I did not see that coming. You know, I did not. You out and I'm out two. I did. I did not see that coming. And it really got me out of my seat and just got me excited about what is going to happen. Um, and like you said, it's just one of the things that created a catalyst to the devolution of, you know, of, uh, the bloodline. So that, that would be my, my pick.
2: Now that's, that's a great call, man. I, and it, and it's definitely one that I didn't consider, but I should have. So kudos to AJ and Kenny and of course, Tony as well. But of course, Dan and I have got it right. I mean,
4: <laughs>
2: damn right. Um, <laughs> what, It has been a great year in pro wrestling. I think we would all agree with that, but there have been disappointments. AJ, what was your biggest disappointment of the year in professional wrestling?
6: So my biggest disappointment, I'm doing the hand motion, not because CM Punk returned. It's the return to wrestling when he went to AEW. Everything went so wrong, so fast, so unbelievably derailed. Not knowing the Rocky stuff that that Mox had planned and just going off on F bomb tirades during every single presser and saying that page was going in, uh, going to business for himself and everything else. It, I, it was just a disaster from finish. It just was, you can chalk it up to him also breaking his ankle. Maybe I don't know, but I, I had it listed as CM Punk's return to wrestling, which was him going to AEW, winning the belt, you know, having the promo of just I'm I'm working with fucking children, the, the fucking everything else. Uh, Hangman's going into business for himself. Mox do like not understanding Mox's uh, Rocky reference and everything else. So it's just everything could have went well, and it was just he accidentally kicked a rock in the middle of a war zone and landed on a landmine and it blew up. That that that's the best way I can explain.
2: You know, and I think like last year, he was my pick for disappointment of the year because of so much of what you're talking about that he took AEW's momentum and in one fell swoop undercut the shit out of it. And same thing happened this year. They were at their highest of highs. And then real glass takes place. Punk and Jack Perry get into it. Nothing's the same. You know, and AEW's not recovered from that. So no, I, I think there's a lot to be said. Yeah. Punk Punk's AEW return and Rapid exit is definitely a strong contender for disappointment of the year. DP, what do you got in this category? What disappointed you most this year?
4: Oh, it's the man that uh, should have been the catalyst at WrestleMania to become the next big star and started off day one. That's Austin theory. You know, I thought, you know, it seemed like they were putting, you know, the the straps on him and, and making him, you know, the next big star he got he gets to go one on one with John Cena at WrestleMania. He was in segments with The Rock I think too. Like they tried I think everything to him over and it just didn't work. Like I don't know what the hell happened there. Like he started off the year, right? Everything was on his way. He couldn't hold up with a, you know, in a, you know, promo battle with Cena and then it just he disappeared. Like he they got got rid of the title. He's hanging out with Grayson Waller now, like he just fell off the map, I think. And I, it seemed like he was ready for stardom and you know, whatever happened to him. I don't know, I guess. Cause I, you know, don't read the dirt sheets or whatever, but you know, if it was a possibility of, cause of Vince, it was Vince's boy and Vince disappeared more, but man, like for me, that was like, well, what the hell just happened to him? Cause he was ready for, you know, main event status. And it just quickly disappeared.
2: Two words, Dan, charisma, vacuum that is what's wrong with austin theory he has none he's hanging out with grayson waller who overshadows no. him every yeah time. he's
3: ki- he's killing grayson waller right now to be honest yes. with you
2: he is <laughs> he's he's got no, the it's look true, look, think, true. About, think about theory though he's got the look he looks a million bucks he can do it all in the <laughs> ring he's got all that talent he has no charisma and it dilutes everything else about him and like you're saying Tony, he's, he's dragging waller down with waller's got tons got of eatable. charisma He's got a hateable face too. A punchable f- No, but like I mean that I mean that seriously though. Yes. He looks like a douchebag. Kitty's laughing.
3: Kitty's laughing.
2: <laughs> Kitty what? <laughs> you want to jump in here and give us your call on uh, disappointment of the year what 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 are you thinking here?
5: Oh, I wish I had my Sunday Segway rant music right now cuz this thing pisses me off so much. This is my biggest disappointment, right? Because I was backing them hard last year and this time my biggest disappointment is AEW. Right now, I have my list of reasons why. Okay, here we here go. Here we go. Titles. How many motherfucking <laughs> titles? Here we in go. One <laughs> TV show. Right. You've got titles even from your company on your TV show. Like you've got people bringing in random championships. Every no championship means anything except for the world title. It literally means nothing. When you're t- t- telling me about having this Continental Classic to win... It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. He's got a New Japan strong title, which is like, um, you know, um a, a B New Japan title. It's not even a main title. It's a B New Japan title, right? You've got ROH, which is you could only watch on Honor Club, paraded over the TV every single week. It means nothing. Secondly, storylines. This guy, right, TK, like the way he books... He decides to bring in guys like Vikingo, who is amazing, and just all of a sudden just hotshots it as a main event. No build up, no nothing. It's just on the TV and you're and you're just meant to get excited about it. These people don't know who these guys are. You it's like you're booking for hardcores. Like you're never gonna get the amount of ratings you want by booking for hardcores. It's just not gonna it's not gonna work. The lack of storylines pissed me off so much, literally. And what adds to that is the fact that he uses tournaments and announcements as fillers because he can't do storylines. It's the most annoying thing. Every other week is an announcement or a a tournament for something that goes nowhere. And then you have a bunch of wrestlers, talented wrestlers who are on YouTube, right, or, or on Rampage that should be on your TV, like, I don't, I, 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 I really, really, really don't get it. So, um yeah, my biggest disappointment is AEW.
6: And and I'm just going to solidify one, the, the, the title thing that you said, because I have what Moxley said at the end of his match at Wrestle Kingdom 18 on me right now. I got to explain why I came up short in an opportunity for the global championship. Is that what this one's called? There's like 32 fucking titles: the Midwestern, Continental, Global, Interglobal, fucking Mitsubishi Ford. I, I don't even know anymore. That's Mox,
2: who's been your most ardent supporter, and even mm-hmm. he's like, "This is bullshit."
6: You know,
3: that guy's usually a pint short. Well, well he, he's, he's 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 a pint short nowadays because he he gave up alcohol. Blood. <laughs> no, blood. I meant blood.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. So for me, for disappointment of the year, this this one is I'm as close to giving this as a a tie as I possibly can. My honorable mention will be the tribalism of wrestling fans has gotten out of fucking control this year. Uh, AEW WWE fans just shitting on each other every chance they get. It's toxic. It bleeds into the dirt sheets. It bleeds into every aspect of. Any you, I mean, it's not even worth it to interact with people on social media talking about wrestling anymore because you just get into, it's like, it's like playing an online game or something with like a bunch of 13 year old kids, you know, with a noob slayer 69. Can I get Thor out here to whoop your ass or something like that? Because it's just, it's not worth my time. And we, all of us have built a pretty decent profile for ourselves on social media. So that's my honorable mention. My disappointment of the year, it's the death of Bray Wyatt. Uh, that to me, it's a soul crushing d- disappointment that you think about, and it's preventable. You know that's the worst part of it. The more you learned about it, you realize this was a preventable loss. He, um, you know, he left his defibrillator in his car or something like that. But Bray, you know what a what a tragic story he is, and and just you know where you thought he was on his way back. All of us thought he's ready to come back. He's going to resume something with LA Knight, or or who knows where he's going to go with that. Maybe start a faction. Why at six and all that. And then he's gone and it's a real, it's a real life. It's not a wrestling storyline. This is the real life. They, I mean, you know, Jay, Jay Briscoe's death as well. That's another one you could say, wow, that was really heartbreaking as well. But to me, losing Bray Wyatt, like we did right when we thought he was, we were going to get him back. That to me was the biggest disappointment of the year. Tony
3: losing Jay and Bray was, was tough. Yeah. Um, so close to each other too. Don't really expect, I mean, you know, Funkster, we lost him and, uh, Trying to think. Uh, oh, I, she, I feel she, bad. Chic, at- yeah, but you know those guys have, have have lived their lives. You know these two guys have had just begun. Um, but I, I'll get back to wrestling. I think I finished this one out, right, Dave?
2: Yes, sir. You did.
3: Um, in 2017, my disappointment was 205 Live. In 2018, it was the brand split. Um, in 2019, 2020, and 2021, it was all. AEW. Last year, it was your boy, Dan, and the money in the bank briefcase. But this year, after being absent, after a three year run, it's back to AEW style. And it's specifically Tony Khan, because everything you guys say are disappointed in AEW for, it's because of Tony Khan. Somebody, uh, Daniel Bryan, figure out your last year of working in the ring and then give him the book. And have him take two or three other people and produce the main event, the mid-card, the tag, and the women. And you got to have people in charge that are paying attention to that all the time. Something needs to be done over there because they're going to find themselves in fourth place behind Impact and MLW in the next two or three years. I'm telling you, you're going to see a flood of talent in the next year and a half leave AEW if nothing changes.
2: Look how he handled the uh, questions about Jericho. At the world and world's end uh, press conference, he just he you can't you can't sidestep a fucking topic like that by wearing some Russian hat and then if
3: Jericho wasn't in AEW, he would probably be done. Oh,
2: imagine what Triple H would have done. I mean, Triple H wouldn't. Triple H would have said come, he would have just said. Ever,
3: do you think he'll ever come back to WWE now for a retirement match? I don't think so. I,
2: it it would be tough, but Triple H would just. Because-
3: it, it, it's become you know, too public, and it's so funny because we've all known this for three, four years. I feel like built with with Jericho, you feel like it's like almost Bill Cosby, and finally, little uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Laurel came out finally and said something about it publicly. Like, no, that guy is fucking a douchebag. <laughs>
2: yeah, I think I think Triple H would have just, you know, he would have done the smart thing and says, "I'm not going to even acknowledge that shit in a public forum. This is something, but but Tony tried to." fucking fumbled that bad then tried to recover fumbled it even worse you just you can't you can't do that kind of stuff so uh yeah aw's got major major problems we're gonna switch over now and go to dan for your vote here who is your comeback wrestler of the year
4: so i went uh in the route of a hall of fame person coming back rather than you know somebody currently that made a made a big comeback um i'll give a shout out to thank the writer's strike to allow us to see John Cena have a comeback for a short run there. That was really cool. Um, My pick is Trish Stratus. I thought she had an amazing run in 2023.
2: Thank you. Trish. Thank you, Trish. I I just want to say it. Thank you.
4: (laughs) I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was a great run. She was there for damn near most of the year. You know, she came in and, you know, had the feud with damage control. She went and haven't been gone for however long, but she was able to go baby face to start. And turned heel, and, and made them both work. You know, and did a phenomenal job doing that. Um, for someone who's shaking your head, PC. no, I don't think, and I don't think she's done either. Hey,
3: can I, no, can I, I think I she's going to come thing? back.
2: If we had a legend, bank, if we had a at, uh, if we had a legendary dad ass of the year award,
3: all time all time
4: ass. I'm just saying this year.
3: Uh, I'm saying all time. I'm just ATAs.
2: saying legends who return and have dad ass going on. Yeah.
3: Church. Oh, sure. All right. Thank yeah. you.
4: Uh, but yeah, no, between. No,
2: no ass left behind <laughs> that's casey Zero. no ass at all
4: <laughs> you, you know she did uh you know the feud with yeah. damage <laughs> control <laughs> the, got the big the big feud with becky lynch um and and had arguably i think we're we might have it later you know maybe the best women's match of the year with, with the steel cage match you know it was a fantastic way you know she brought up joey stark and had her kind of get a little rub with that, you know, having her by her side and helped her a little bit in the coming up to the main roster. And just had some great storylines going with them. And and, you know, between damage control and her feud with uh with Becky, you know, had some great matches and she was on Raw's, you know, you know, she didn't just do pay-per-views or whatever. She was on Raw having matches and looked damn good doing them. Like she didn't look it almost seemed like she didn't lose a step in some cases. I think her first match looked pretty bad when she first came back, but you know, she got back right back in the hang of it and looked as good as she did when she was wrestling full-time in her prime
2: compare her the way she looked to Lita the last time we saw Lita night and day Trish had it Lita did not so I I think yeah Yeah. you got a great a great pick there Dan if it's Lita I was
4: thinking of yeah
2: yeah DP she's uh she I mean she really doesn't look like she misses and I think you mentioned Zoe Stark Zoe got a huge rub from her the next she's not taking on Rhea Ripley for the championship if not for her work with uh, with Trish Stratus and what Trish taught her, so that's a great call, Kenny. What do you got here? Who's your comeback wrestler of the year?
5: Um, so my comeback wrestler of the year, I'm gonna head over to AEW um, for this one um, because this guy was languishing on Rampage doing absolutely fuck all, and then all of a sudden um, he started calling out people's dads that died and made the patriarchy, and is now running Russia on dynamite. Um, Having loads of airtime and getting Nick Wayne over, getting Nick Wayne's mum over, getting Killswitch, um, Killswitch,
2: Lucha Switchosaurus. Yeah. Can I just ask you Um, you a
3: question? Can I just ask you a question? You mean the You mean the guy that's actually telling a story over on AEW is getting over? That's
5: right. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be Christian, man. That they gave this guy time to create, you know, his own thing. Um, and to be as open and as um, free as possible on that mic. And it's just been amazing. Even, like, out of TV, when you see little kind of, like, clips um, outside of AEW, outside the ring where he's doing little things at shows and stuff like that. It's amazing, man. Like, he's come back, he's full circle now. And, you know, we're looking at all the kind of older guys on TV at, at the moment, you know, all the kind of legends and stuff. Um, you know, you've seen obviously people like Jeff Jarrett come back, you know, um, Ed, edges in AEW, Rick Flair, Sting, whatever, like Christian's doing his thing and he is doing it better than a lot of the people on that roster at the, at the moment. So yeah, biggest comeback for me is Christian.
2: For me, I'm going to give an honorable mention uh, and a shout out to, uh, Randy Orton, you know, for com for being off for 18 months and coming back in the shape he was in delivering promo of the year for, for Tunney. Um, hitting that RKO on uh, Mr. Big Head in War Games, J.D. McDonough. He's not my comeback wrestler of the year because I think another guy came back and had a better year, and that's Cody Rhodes, who came back from the torn pec, shows up at the Royal Rumble, wins the Rumble, goes on to have that tremendous match with Roman at WrestleMania, has his amazing feud with Brock, is front and center for just about everything going on in WWE right now. War Games, um, now he's in there with Shinsuke Nakamura he's so central to everything that's going on that you look at Cody and everybody's like, how's he going to finish the story? If it's rock versus Roman at WrestleMania, how are we going to work this whole thing out? So, you know, I know Co- now Tony gave him baby face of the year for a good reason, but for him to come back from a torn peck, show up at the rumble and had the year that he's had. Yeah. Cody to me is my comeback wrestler of the year. Tony, what do you got, man? Okay. Tunny, Basketball.
3: <laughs> oh, you missed it. Play it again, please. We'll do it again.
2: Three strikes you're out. Basketball! Come
3: on, guys. It's Chelsea Green. Comeback of the year. She's back. She She is literally the best personality on the women's division. Bar none. Like, she gets over, you believe in her character, everything she's done. She's the only reason that those women's tag team titles have been any bit of relevancy at all in WWE. Now they're on the youngsters, so we'll see what they do there. But... Man, I don't know, Money in the Bank up in Canada? Chelsea Green would be a prime candidate this next year for Money in the Bank. I mean, she is underrated in the ring. She can work, and she is definitely someone that can use the mic. So I look for her to do even bigger things. But, yeah, she what a huge comeback to WWE this year for Chelsea Green. That's my comeback of the year.
2: She might get her husband in go, there, too, pretty soon.
5: <laughs> yeah, she's great. She's great. He is great on TV, man amazing on tv every time she comes on i look forward to seeing what she's going to do next because the personality like literally she can she you, could do
3: anything the moment. you believe in who she is when she's on there you believe in what the, w- the part she's playing and, and she just she you know three strikes you're out basketball <laughs>
2: That super obnoxious personality of hers shouldn't work, but it sure does.
3: Her, like her and Adam Pierce have been awesome together, right? Like, I mean, uh, talk about the amount of people that get Adam Pierce over in addition to how good Adam Pierce is, but like those are the kind of things you have to maximize when you're not getting fifteen twenty minute matches on television. When you're getting two to three minutes or thirty seconds, or someone walks by you in the back hallway, you have to go ahead and do something with that and do it to the best you can.
4: And that character that she plays, you know, that, that especially the backstage, like Karen type of character is so relatable with people, you know, and with, with your jobs and everything else where like, you know, that person comes over and you're just like, oh, fuck, here we go. Like, you know, so it's just it's such a great character that she plays. It's it's this phenomenal.
2: Bitch again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I like I mean, I did not think of that one, Tony. That is an excellent call. AJ, bring us home on this category. Who is your comeback wrestler of the year?
6: So we all have different ones, and everyone had good ones. Christian Cage, you know, the, the the dead father reminder. Cody Rhodes still finishing the story out. Chelsea Green getting that grand slam in, in her hockey tournament. But for me, comeback of the, of the year is going to go to someone, ironically enough, in NXT right now. We have a shirt that says he sucks, and it's Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin has been phenomenal in nxt ever since he came back to it he's been going into championship matches with Ilya. he's been in that main event scene for the nxt picture and he's revitalized he's not necessarily the lone wolf he's like i think now he's like the destroyer of the world or like the or whatever but he has made it so perfect. He's back to the Baron Corbin of when he was first in NXT, that lone wolf, that higher echelon, not quite the NXT just, champion, but just without the skullet, but just without the skullet basically. And he went Says from that. being happy Corbin, sad Corbin, uh, no freaking JBL. one gives, JBL a, sh- no head one gives bump, a shit Corbin. <laughs> yeah. To no one gives a shit Corbin to mustard on his short cur- Corbin to, Hey, go back to NXT. And he's, killing it over there he's been he's been producing some good matches some good segments even too kind of like when cody rhodes was in charge the one night him and freaking die just look at each other and look at carmelo hayes like yo they just added trick that's your boy what you gonna do like they're staring at him like what the fuck's gonna happen here corbin is selling the shit out of everything that's going on and i love it Especially now, uh, they're doing the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, and it's him and Braun Breaker. Guess who's winning? And they're and they're having fun. They, they actually look like they're legit. They're formidable. They're doing a bunch of things that are right. Kind of like, all right, yeah, we can destroy everyone in this in this tournament. And Braun's like, oh, okay, that's I like that. That's a good idea. Yeah, handshake, fist bump. No, what the, what the fuck? Ah, just messed with you. Are you like you, you left me hanging? He's entertaining. Baron Corbin doesn't suck for some reason. <laughs> and it's confusing the hell out of me.
2: Yeah. Like people were cheering for him at, at no mercy. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, it's going to take me a long time to get used to pe- people cheering Baron Corbin. Uh, that is a Holy- tremendous call. Aj,
6: that... go listen to battleground 2017 again in philly that had the punjabi prison match oh, wow. there's a match with baron corbin it's dead silent you can hear andrew shouting baron corbin sucks in the crowd legitimately <laughs> just like pay really close attention you just hear baron corbin sucks that's uh-huh. the iwc war chief on that because it was that much of a dead match and we were like in the middle of wells fargo center
2: punjabi prison and there's a disappointment of all time but anyway let's uh let's move on right now kenny breakout star of the year who is your breakout wrestler of the year for 2023 man Uh, my breakout wrestler of
5: the year i'm going to nxt for this one and my breakout superstar of the year is tiffany stratton this woman has been wrestling for two years two years and she went and fought Becky Lynch and had the match of her life. It was, um, that match with Becky Lynch was amazing twice. Like she went on to raw and it was seamless. It was nothing like she is ready for the main roster in two years. I couldn't, I can't believe how quickly this woman has done what she's done. Um, Literally that NL, the NIL, you know, program, it, it seems to be, you know, kind of going well for them at the moment to be picking up athletes and just, you know, teaching them the WWE way, but she's gone full, full throttle for it, man. And she's amazing. She's good on the mic. She's good in-ring. That um Swanton and Moonsault is pff, beautiful, a, a thing of beauty um to see. And um her timing, her cadence, like everything. She is ready for the main roster. And I cannot wait until after WrestleMania because she hasn't got a title. So it's time for her to go up.
2: I'll be honest. I mean, I think her match with Becky at No Mercy was better than Becky's steel cage match with Trish. And yeah, I was there, but I just, I watched that match and just, yeah, they really took it to each other. And and people were so critical. Why would they bring Becky to NXT? Because it made Tiffany Stratton a fucking star. That's why. And you look at her, I mean, like, in the iron survivor thing i was like she was my pick to win i did not expect you know who who the hell won that match i forget um brooke uh, what the no it was um uh, right b Priestley. Uh, yeah yeah so no that's a tremendous call she she is going to be a superstar i mean for the longest time i thought charlotte clone you know she's got the looks but does she have the talent now you know she's got the talent so uh but my breakout star of the year aj talked about him earlier uh Everybody say it with me L a night. This guy came out. Yeah. of, oh, Thank you. He came out of just like, like another accidental baby face where it's just like, well, to the point, like AJ said, he's wiped out the what chance everybody's, you know, he's the hottest thing going right now. It sh- doesn't seem like it should work. Everybody's trying to figure out why it works to the point that Kevin Nash is accusing him of ripping off everybody from the attitude era. Yeah. So what it works. Um, and people like it. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time extrapolating it. All you got to do is listen to the crowd reaction whenever the guy shows up it, it, and it's it's L.A. Knight who's broken through it in a massive way. I will give an honorable mention to somebody else. We talked earlier, Logan Paul, who has broken onto the scene this year, captured the United States championship. Um, not bad for a part timer, but for me, it's L.A. Knight's game. and We're all playing it. Tony, what do you got here, man?
3: Uh, much like when I play poker, I do not like to sit to the left of Dan. Apparently, at Swaggy Awards, I do not like to sit to the left of Dave. Uh, I also have L.A. Night. Yeah, judging by no, no. The,
2: judging by the glasses that AJ Balas is wearing, it looks like that's uh, we're just gonna keep on rolling. It, it,
3: no, but I, but I think that that's it's yeah. so appropriate. It's so appropriate. Like he he is the breakout star of the year. Like the let's just go with merchandise sales. Okay. That's that's the definition of breaking out is topping the charts in the top company of the industry in merchandise sales. He did that. He broke out right there.
2: Aj, you got any comments on uh, on your boy other than your glasses look? I can see. You know, I can you know,
3: see. You gonna I, copy his gimmick some more? Go ahead. I can do your, your fucking imp- impersonation, Honey, T- T- Is it just me or do said. you
2: see do you see Pornhub in, in Aj's glasses? There is that. Is that what I'm oh, saying? That's, good God, that's a big dick. <laughs> <laughs> There's a the title for an episode someday. Anyway, Aj, what? Oh, sorry, that's just a mirror. Oh. Just a mirror. Look, I was looking in the mirror. I was looking at him here. AJ, you got oh, any comments God. on LA? Night? I mean, you've you made it. You made the case for him earlier. I,
6: I already did. There's nothing more I can say. I've, I've always been a Sean Ricker fan and Eli Drake fan. And now that he's in WWE and they're showing what he can do, people are finally catching on to what I've been saying for about seven years. That, that's all I got to say. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Dan, are, are, are you on the LA night train or are you going in a different direction? Nana?
6: nana, Dan, are you? On nana, the, Nana, are you
3: on the night train? do night screen. train. Roses night train music. we so
2: put Guns and Roses on. Give
3: Show us some night train. Yeah. Did you imagine
2: if he got the Guns
3: and Roses night train music.
6: Do you have it, It'd be Dan? Awesome, dude. It would be better than the uh, GTA 5 loading screen.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I. This is where I put Dominic Mysterio. So instead of Underheel of the Year, I put him here at Breakout Star of the Year. Um, I think you know a lot of it's interchangeable there, um, and for the same reasons you guys talked about earlier you know, he just, this was his year for me. Like, he started off finally, you know, breaking away from his dad, had the match at WrestleMania, and then it felt like, I think we all were kind of saying it, like, his his wrestling in-ring wrestling looked like it fell off. Like, he was starting off so hot, and it was like, what the hell happened to him? Like, he did not look like he was great in the ring. He looked like everything went uncomfortable. Like, what the hell's going on with Dom? And then all of a sudden, bam, they put him with the Judgment Day. He gets with Mommy, and next thing you know, like, yeah, he's getting booed out of buildings like he looks like he is back to form again in the ring. He plays that just that, you know, squirrely heel character that you just want to fucking hate so well. And he's just been continually getting better, getting more comfortable with himself as the year has gone on. So much so, like I, I pointed out a couple times, you know, when, uh, when Randy Orton came back, who was the first person he wanted to get in the ring with? Dom cm punk's first match at at msg dom like cody rhodes and all the house shows wrestling dom like he's the guy he's the one that get because he's so over as a heel he's so over people want to see him get his ass kicked i think he loses damn near every match except north american title and but it's great and it works and he's just getting better and better and pc like you said you know it's only going to get better from here. He's just, he's, he's that next guy that's coming up, man. And, you know, <laughs> does, does he take Roman Reigns, his title away before Hogan? I don't know about that, but, you know, he is just getting better every time after, you see him. It's great.
3: After, after he passes so. Hogan. <laughs> well, here you go. This is for Dave.
2: I'm on the night train. Uh, could you, admit, dude? He could come out to that. People could. will go crazy. Yeah, that would that'd be a great song for Dom to come, come out to. So, I mean, but then again, I think punk. I think punk should come start on. coming out to. Uh, Dom, there? that's for L.A. Night. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah, even the better. night train. The night train. I like it. <laughs> it get, oh, come on, you guys. It's it's WrestleMania. Just, I want punk to. I Here, want punk to go back to Kill Switch Engage, but that's just me, uh, uh, Luchasaurus Engage.
6: And and I wanted um Dom to come out to uh, Gangster Lean, the Eddie's like heel theme from 2005 for WrestleMania, but no, Just to piss they everybody do off that. even more. Yeah. Yes, yeah,
2: there you
4: go. There. <laughs> Why can't we be friends? Needs to be his theme music. Let's, let's not. <laughs> um, all
2: right, I'm gonna let's let's end here on a part one of this whole thing. As now we've gone around for a breakout star last category part one of the ninth annual swaggies rivalry of the year and i'll kick this thing off this is a tough one uh, because there's a lot been a lot of good rivalries but the one that i think mattered the most to me and i look at it from the standpoint of how this translated into certain things um for me it's cody versus brock that's my rivalry of the year this year because um when you look at in the aftermath of wrestlemania 39 the disappointing finish to that and and Where do we go with Cody right now? Oh, Brock's going to team up with him to whoop Roman's ass and Solo's ass. And then instead he turns on him and you get that really horrible finish to that Raw after Mania. But it was all done to put Cody Rhodes over and to make Cody an even more credible. Because I think part of the problem with the Roman Reigns story is he just kind of got there. And a lot of us felt like he didn't really earn this. And now he's earning it in the hardest way possible by going three matches with Brock Lesnar and you know having to win two of them yes one was fluky the second one was not um but you look at how that feud translated and brock giving him the rub at the end of this whole thing um without that i don't know if cody rhodes if if anybody gives a fuck if he's finishing the story or not but because he took down brock lesnar and now you know you got nakamura who will another hardcore strong style king of strong style sort of thing this is all meant to legitimize cody rhodes as the heir apparent to eventually dethroning Roman reigns so I think from the timing from the effect that it had and from everything that went into and how this catapulted the story into the next chapter Cody versus Brock is my rivalry of the year Tony go to you
3: that's X-Man. a really good pick um, I really really like that one I'm going to go with, though, the rivalry that kind of changed the course of the biggest storyline, possibly in professional wrestling history. And and that's KO and Sammy and and the Usos, because that that changed the bloodline that started the 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 uh, the bloodline to devolve into what they are now and and change and, and evolve. Right. And we've talked about that multiple times. But, yeah, just that beginning part of the year, January through mania, a little bit of post mania and even everything that has happened now with Jay uh, being on that side, that, that kind of goes into that rivalry, right? Um, post rivalry. So I, I gotta go with that. That's one of the biggest storylines in WWE history.
2: No, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, in that, in that did, like you said, it changed the bloodline. It led to, um, a, a massive title change at WrestleMania. So I, I cannot disagree.
3: And honestly, just to think, uh, not uh, two years before 2021, my rivalry of the year was KO and Sammy. So look at it that way.
6: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good call, man. AJ, what do you got here? What's your rivalry of the year, man?
6: Uh, A big part of me really wanted to make it just Jay versus the bloodline, just because I... thing is i can't just keep saying jay versus the world for this one that's that's the issue with that so i'm gonna have to say cody versus lesnar is the main match he had a good thought there yeah no it's the you you had your little intermission because of dogs i i had to make sure the dogs were okay because i heard barking but um it, it like they had great they had a great trilogy starting off from the raw after mania going into the Night of Champions, winning via submission for Lesnar, and then going into even more SummerSlam being the culmination where Lesnar acknowledged Cody. I love the fact that Cody was also playing up that arm, but Lesnar acknowledged Cody as, "Yeah, you got it. You're 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 the guy. You're one of the guys. You're perfect for what we're gonna do at all costs." So that alone, like you said, Dave, I I gotta say, like that is probably feud of the year. Without having any bloodline ties to anything, exactly. Dan, what do you got here, man?
4: I'm on board with PC on this one. Uh, mine was uh, basically Sami Zayn versus the bloodline, more or less. But Sami Zayn and KO—that whole beginning of the year. Uh, you know, we got the bulk of kind of that part of the story. I think you know, in in the previous year, but we the crescendo of it, you know, happens at the Royal Rumble into WrestleMania. That just that whole story. You know, same reasons that PC said, you know, it's one of the best stories they've had ever in WWE and with the bloodline and having that culmination of Zayn and KO taking down the Usos at WrestleMania after, you know, Zane finally sees the error of his ways and re-KO. That whole thing was, for me, was just, you know, beautifully done. And, and you know, they built it up for so long. And that's one of the best things about those long-term, long-term storytelling is when it hits. It's phenomenal. And you're you're just, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And bam, it happened, you know, and it was just a great way to start off the year.
2: Yeah, that's, um, that's a great call. I mean, for the same reasons that Tunney made it, I can't wait to hear where Kenny's going with this thing. We got, you know, two bloodlines and two Brock Cody's and Kenny, are you with us? Are you going in a different direction?
5: I'm with you, man, Brock and Cody. Um, I thought that, you know, trilogy was really good and to kind of end it the way they did uh with the um you know with the kind of respect angle at the end. Um and apparently that was unplanned. Um yeah. I I just really enjoyed the feud. And you know sometimes you kind of look at those kind of rivals and think does it need to go to a third, you know, a third match. Um and at first I wasn't too sure whether it needed to go to a third one, but I was pleasantly surprised with what we got. So yeah, for me. Uh, that's my uh, rivalry uh, or feud of the year.
2: And and the thing about it is, you know, you normally you get a blow off to a, a trilogy like that. It's like Hell in a Cell, Last Man Standing. There's wasn't. And I questioned, well, why are we just having another straight up match between these guys? But they are such masterful storytellers that they pulled it off and they made it. And like you know, like like uh, AJ was saying, I mean, Brock giving Cody that acknowledgement as like, yeah, you can you can beat Roman. I beat Roman's ass before this bullshit started you can take him too so i think i mean for wherever we're going to end up and who knows where that road takes us in the next few months all right guys that is part one of the ninth annual swaggies tremendous work done by all of us here on on part one great discussions great categories as always um fantastic stuff let's go around the horn before we cut out of here on part one and let people know where can they check you guys out on social media we will start with the leader of this conversation the one and only the man formerly known as pizza funny but now he's just pc tunny tunny where can people get get a hold of you man
3: i would just say continue to listen to chair shot radio network on all of your favorite streaming platforms and you can find me there most of the
6: time
2: aj what about you man where where can people check you out
6: uh, you can find me at PhenomenalAJB, that's AJB in all caps, and also for chairshot.com, it is back up and running and better than ever, because we are not just podcast galore, we are articles galore, sports entertainment, sports entertainment, you name it, we got it all on TheChairShot.com.
2: DP, we, we send you hate tweets every week on Bandwagon Nerds, I don't think anybody's taking us up on that shit, but why don't you let people know where can they send their hate tweets to you directly, if they really love you?
4: Uh, at Hi uh, W C War Chief, I think. <laughs> uh,
2: yes, <laughs> oh. <My man>.
6: uh, <laughs> I'm gonna keep an ear yeah, you just in You can send case all the thank
4: yous. You can send all the thank yous for that to Add it's me DPP all over the worldwide social media interwebs. And you know, listen to me on the DWI podcast, and we're at a podcast DWI on that uh, Twix and facebook.com slash DWI podcast.
2: Yeah. That's me. Kenny. I, I know you still have a social media presence on, on Twix as we like to call it. Where can people send you, uh, all the love and adulation that you so rightfully deserve, sir.
3: slapnutscom dash org. <laughs>
5: Sorry, brother. Yeah. I love you. Is, um, yeah. Double copyright that one. Um, yeah, you can find me on the Twix um, at Kinney If you want to send any adulation my way, I will, you know, thankfully, thankfully take that. Um, but even if you just want to shoot the shit when it comes to wrestling or boxing or um, football, like my football, real football, um, <laughs> you could uh, yeah get me at at Killer.
2: Um, and if we have said a, if you vehemently disagree with our picks here, make sure you send your hate tweets to at the real C Platt. um, you know, make sure that you've got that done because he will appreciate that. And if you really, really are pissed off, send it to at wrestling realist, honey, how do you spell that again?
3: R E A L I S there's no T or something. something. I don't know. Curmudgeon.
4: Oh,
2: Curmudgeon. Right. Number one chair shot villain.
4: At Bob Odenkirk. At Bob Odenkirk. (laughs) Snuffle snuffle Grumpicus.
2: Uh, Snuffle Grumpicus. I got to take that one. There you go. Somebody needs to trademark that. Guys, thank you so much. Part one of the ninth annual swaggies in the book. We will be back very shortly for part two. More hijinks, more virtual hardware to pass out, more tremendous discussion. Guys, as always, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you. Thank you so much.
7: Promotional consideration paid for by the following.
2: Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new
3: partnership with Angry Lemonade. You can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHARESHOT. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHARESHOT to save 10%. That's AngryLemonade.net.
2: All right, guys, welcome back. Um hope you enjoyed that. Part one of the Ninth Annual Swaggy Awards. Uh Excellent stuff all the way around. Love recording with these guys. Uh, they are so knowledgeable about everything pro wrestling. Uh, PC Tunney, DPP, AJ Belaz, uh, myself. I'm kind of knowledgeable, but not like these other guys. And of course, Kenny Killa, magnificent stuff all the way around. Um, So here, of course, you know, the big story from part one of the Swaggy Awards is... The reintroduction of the unsanctioned award, namely Deadass of the year. No, that was that was a fun little thing. We've been talking about that in private chats to our female listeners out there. Please, we are not trying to offend you with anything that we've said. It's more nostalgia for those of us who remember the early days of the attitude of aggression and kind of a nod to our long lost friend, old gator, wherever he may be. Um, So we certainly do not mean to offend anybody. But I think, you know, some of the interesting stuff with part one. Is only one unanimous swaggy, uh, and usually you only get like one or two, but we got one early on, and that was for premium live event of the year. All of us, all five of us went Wrestlemania 39. and it is just a tremendous event. and yeah, I'm biased because I was there both nights. But all that, notwithstanding, just some tremendous matches, and you heard us talk about it, you know, you've got uh, you know, matches that are likely to be considered in the running for tag team match of the year and women's match of the year, back to back to close to showdown. I mean, we had so much debate leading into WrestleMania 39 amongst us as to what match should be the main event. Should it be Charlotte and Rhea Ripley? Should it be the tag team title match? Um, Ultimately, I thought it should be the tag team title match. And of course I was right. So, you know, uh, I, it was one of the best WrestleMania's I've ever seen. I mean, and that's saying something, you know, we're going through the big four project and, And we've seen some good ones there. Um, you know, we haven't got to like 17, 18, which probably are two of the best, if not the best WrestleManias of all time. Um, but I will say that WrestleMania 39 was magnificent. The first truly great two night WrestleMania so far where you actually had both nights were fantastic. So it easily is worthy of, you know, so many great moments we talked about John Cena putting over Austin theory, uh, that, that, uh, match involving the Street Profits that came on uh, just after that, which was really, really good. You were hard-pressed to find a bad match or a, a lame match. Maybe the women's, you know, tag team special wasn't all that special. But beyond that, yeah, WrestleMania 39 was simply tremendous. Um, you know, you had some near unanimous categories like LA Knight being breakout star of the year. You know, he had a lot of us talking about that. Dominic Mysterio almost getting a unanimous swaggy for heel of the year. Uh, you know, we were kind of all over the place as far as like I was the only I thought it was interesting that I was the only one who really dug the Swerve Strickland versus Hangman Adam Page Texas Death match, which was my pick for gimmick match of the year. Um, uh, and I just thought I, I did not see a better gimmick match this year, although there were some great ones, you know, the Women's War Games match. Uh, that sort of thing. And I get everything Kenny was saying in that discussion about how the drinking of the blood kind of lost a lot of people. It didn't bother me that much. Uh, it's kind of odd, but I just thought they they told a great story. And when you look at Swerve Strickland and where that match like after it was over, you know, he damn I mean, I thought about giving him breakout star of the year because he. Certainly warrants some consideration, but you know, it's LA Knights world, if, in my opinion, with all due respect to. And I forget as I record today who, um, <laughs> who was the dissenter on that one, but you know, we had some great stuff rivalry of the year, lots of love for Cody and Brock, uh, that sort of thing. Comeback wrestlers of the year, uh, disappointment of the year, AEW uh, getting you know, Tunney's vote again. It's like four out of five years this year, probably more deserved than in years past. And you just still look at what's going on with them now, as I'm recording this and their owner, Tony Khan, keeps shooting himself in the foot and it is not helping that brand at all to, you know, get any sort of like, um, you know, any sort of foothold on what's going on and what they need to do with AEW. So, uh, good stuff all the way around. I really hope you guys enjoyed that first part of the ninth annual swaggy awards that we had a great time recording it really excited. Part two's coming up. Uh, I'm recording this little introduction here. Uh, I, what day it is. But anyway, we're supposed to do part two. <laughs> it's been that kind of week at work, guys. We're going to do part two on, I believe it'll be Friday, January uh, 12th. I think we're going to record part two. So part two will be coming out pretty soon. And then we will jump back into the big four project as soon as myself and Tunny and DJ can can get all that together. I have no idea who's going to be on part two of the Swaggies. I, as far as I know, it'll be all of us, all five of us again. Will we get anybody else joining us? Hmm. Don't know. We will have to see how that all turns out, but that my friends, I'm not going to keep you here any longer than an than I have to is the conclusion of part one of the ninth annual Swaggy awards. A few parting words here, ways that you can get in contact with the show. If you want to, if you want to email the show, if you vehemently disagree with our picks, if you agree with our picks, whatever, send me an email at attitude at gmail.com. I will be sure to read your email on the air and respond to it, you know, and maybe we'll even get a joint response with some of the other guys. If you want to comment on anything, um, if you want to follow me on social media on Twix, which is what we have affectionately adopted as the name for the f- platform formerly known as Twitter now known as X Twix. Uh you can find me at attitude ag that is at attitude A G G. Facebook.com slash attitude of aggression. On Instagram and threads, it is at attitude of aggression all one word. Um by all means, if you like what you hear, if you love this episode, if you like what we're doing with the Big Four project, please be so kind as to leave a five star review for the show on whatever platform you're listening to it on. And I really don't know where we are nowadays, other than Apple music or Apple Podcasts or whatever. But It lets people know that we kind of know what we're talking about and we're talented and we're handsome and good looking and all that sort of shit. So, yeah, exactly. But that, my friends, is going to do it for this episode of the Attitude of Aggression Wrestling podcast, episode number 283. I'm going to cut out of here, though, with the closing moments of a match from WrestleMania 39 that I'm sure is going to get some major consideration for at least tag team match of the year. If not anything else, who knows? We will see how that works out, but it is the end of night one of WrestleMania 39. The only unanimous swaggy choice of part one for premium live event of the year. WrestleMania 39. It is Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens ending the longest reign of any tag team champion in WWE history as they take down the Usos at WrestleMania 39 guys. That is going to do it for this episode. Until next time, wrestling fans, aggressionaholics, you guys stay aggressive. Do it with attitude. We will catch you guys soon for part two of the ninth annual Swaggies. So long.
7: I shudder to think at what he means. Sammy, Sammy. Ripping Jimmy to the outside. Jimmy set over the Spanish out table. Kevin Owens down. Oh no! Oh my goodness! Owens oh, connecting! Owens oh, connecting! He's got a chance! There's Owens! Got a chance. Have anything left? Can Kevin make the cover? Or the tag! Come on, KO! Ted! Sammy Swingle! That had to feel oh, so good, hold over kick. And another. Here comes Jimmy. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens win their tag team titles for the first time in their WWE careers.